just I just I just speak my peace keep my peace What's good, everybody? Welcome to episode 107 of the Speak My Peace podcast. As always, I'm your gracious host, Greg Lacey. Like we always do about this time, I hope this episode reaches you well in good health and that you're all taking care of yourselves. Um, we got another great one underway today. Um, I do have a special guest with me um, today. I have Cassandra. If you follow me on social media, you know that I was a guest on her uh, podcast on the Black Creative Handbook um, this past week. So I'm definitely glad that I was able to uh, return a favor and have her as a guest on my podcast. We are in for a great episode. Um, I don't, as you all remember from the last episode, I don't like to introduce people because I don't like to butcher anything. And I feel like that's also a good way to put people on spot because we don't give ourselves our flowers enough. So I'm going to allow... Cassandra to introduce herself to you all. Oh, the pressure, the pressure. (laughs) I'm messing. So my name is Cassandra Lauren Gordon. I am a multidisciplinary artist, but I'm more known as a jeweler. That is my main medium. So I do different things. So for instance, I'm a filmmaker as well. So in London next month, uh, one of my films has been accepted um, for the London Independent Film Festival. I do art exhibitions. I have one next next month. But my main bread and butter is making fine jewellery. So if it's out of precious metals, diamonds, gold, platinum, whatever, so long as that it's fine, 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 mm-hmm. I can make it. So that's my main thing, really. Well-rounded. Uh, before we do get into this, I do want to say, or I do want to ask, what is KLG? Meaning, like, exactly what is the brand and what does it mean to you? Oh gosh, I feel like I should look at my business plan. I'm really so basically, yeah. <laughs> the lazy version of me, because I, I I think about this all the time, and it's thank you for sharing this. It's a good shout because I I sh- I'm really trying to get of well, who is Cassandra Lauren Gordon, meaning KLG. Who is Cassandra the person as a personal brand, and who is Cassandra Lauren Gordon the jewelry brand? And if you talk about the jewelry brand, it's really is a brand for progressive thinking people who like to express their individuality and who loves conceptual design jewelry with meaning it's not just a pretty piece of jewelry it has meaning towards it um and yeah that's how i see people who who would buy my things or see it as a brand um in my jewelry or my art i look at relationships heritage legacies and conversations so you see that in my work um as a jeweler i did want to start this off the episode off with an icebreaker but i do want to say first of all congrats on your film been accepted into the independent film festival i know that was probably like uh something that you had to go through a long process and in first one getting it finished <laughs> but also getting it accepted so <laughs> I know you have a big sign. I'm telling you, <laughs> you, you know, everyone's like Netflix and chill, but it's not when 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 you're doing a film or it's not you're not chilling. It's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. So I I, I appreciate filmmakers in indie streets. Um, yeah. So the film is called Gemstones. Um, a nod to I'm a jeweler, but it's called Gemstones. Um, lessons in unconditional love. So I interviewed or talked to um mom and daughter pairs in London, looking at black British womanhood, because I feel that sometimes the word black is a bit of a contested thing. And sometimes, no offense to our, to our American cousins and Americans, love you all. But sometimes when people think the word black, they just think about African-American culture, which I appreciate and I, and I sub, sub, subscribe to, but there is a difference growing up in the UK um being a black person or a brown person and there are a lot of similarities yes in 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 america but there's some nuances which are a bit different in the uk or in britain and even just like this week i don't know if it's reached over to your american um media world but there was a black girl 15 years old in an area which is close to mine where she was stripped strip searched by the police and she was on her period yeah, I they allegedly that said that she smelled of weed. You heard, you heard of it. Allegedly, yeah. she, she smelled of. Um, she had weed on her. There was no weed. There was nothing. 
and traumatize this black girl through COVID times. Okay. So they always see us less human. I don't want to be here, I come here as, as, as a victim, but that's just evidence where, where they see girls. They don't see us as, you know, human beings. And the documentary is really showing the multifacetedness of black women in the UK and looking at their womanhood and just, and just, and just humanize like the warm. Cause sometimes black families, people see, oh, the single mother, the, the, the delinquents, the Jezebels, yeah. sexualized, the aggressive. And we're just human like everyone else. We have exactly. things like everyone else. So yep. that is what the documentary just, you know, and I'm not going to wait for a Netflix to do it. Just do it yourself, DIY, isn't it? So um, yeah. I feel very passionate <laughs> as you can talking about that. Um, yes. <laughs> gemstones, um, traditional lessons and love. So I'm very happy. Yes. London. Yeah. I can see the passion. I mean, you explaining that and going through, I can hear the passion like it oozes out on the screen. So I'm definitely grateful that you shared that with us because uh, it is something that we need to hear, but also something that we need to see. It's definitely some type of representations that need to be shown. For my icebreaker, um, we've spoken offline spoken in the previous in your uh, episode of your podcast um i know you travel so my icebreaker for you is what if there has ever been an incident to where you travel somewhere and you said okay i'm ready to go home this is not what i expected i've had that you know i'm trying to figure was it morocco i went to morocco and this place in algadir is it algadir i can't remember somewhere in morocco i was like mm, i don't think this place is for me <laughs> I want to go home now. <laughs> but when I went to Mar- but when I went to Marrakesh, another part of Morocco, it was it was fine. So so in my head, my my regret, I should have went to Marrakesh and stayed in Marrakesh. I would have enjoyed Morocco more than where I was staying, which was like miles and miles away. Yeah. Um another place, it's a it's a bit of a weird place. It's like Jamaica. I love Jamaica, but going with my parents to Jamaica as an adult. I don't think I can do that again <laughs> unless we in separate like if you go to hotel I mean sorry I go hotel you stay with family <laughs> and we'll meet up I will we'll be meet up. <laughs> we meet up when we meet up I cannot be traveling spending all this money just to sit in someone's house oh yeah I can't do that for what for two three weeks to sit in someone's yeah. house for three weeks oh yeah I can't do that and my and my parents would just like they'd like doing that and I'm like no I have not spent thousands of pounds to give free clothes, free money, give my life and sit in the house and sweat for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't go around as a big old woman. Can't be doing that. Yeah. So when people say to me, oh, when you go, on, when, when, when you go to Jamaica, you're on holidays, amazing. I'm like, it's not the holidays. It's not sandals. <laughs> I'm not done here. And with lovely, and with, and with family. It's stressful more than anything. <laughs> I'm just sitting there and oh, everyone yeah. gets to do what they want to do. And I don't get to do it. A holiday for me, you know, this is part of like the black tax. Sometimes what you get as a black person, if you come from immigrant household, is this like, you don't get to do what you want when you say you go back home. Your oh, yeah. time, you don't have your time. It's, 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 it's their time. It's yep. family time. But I do love Jamaica. So yeah, but I do love Jamaica at the same time. <laughs> I hope that helps. Yep, that was definitely good. I feel like that got the juices flowing going into this. Um, to start this off, I do want to say, or I do want to dive into something. I read that you know, with creating your your jewelry brand and just creating a brand for yourself in general, you have to go on a journey of self-discovery to just identify like who you were, um, channel who you were in order to even be able to go through or even to create what you need to create. What was that journey like? Like as far as like, was it like a certain duration of that journey? Was it like a certain age you reach or was it like a certain experience in order for you to find yourself? It happened, <laughs> I think, over the last kind of two years. And I think it's been a very reflective time over the last two years. There's so much stuff happened to me over the last last two years. And a lot, a lot of people in the whole world has, you know, you got when you spend time indoors um, with lockdown, and if you, if you, had, you, had, you had lockdown when you was, you know, when mm-hmm. COVID first happened. Okay. You have a lot of time to reflect about how you want to spend your life and how you want to be more intentional with your life. And I think after the George Floyd thing happened uh, nothing but the, the incident happened it's just like I was like F it I'm not gonna hold my tongue anymore I'm blackly black 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 unapologetically black I don't care because in England you know some people you know they think of Hugh Hugh Grant and 
and, and tea and fish and chips and, and David Beckham <laughs> and everyone's all polite and we, we all talk like this and Mary Poppins and do-do-do-do-do-do-do. But the racism is different. It's a bit, it's not, not, not everyone saying N-word, N-word, but it's subtle and sometimes it catches you off guard. You're like, oh, was that racism? Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, <laughs> so it's a different type of racism here. And I was just, and, and then I can't, and then it, you know, I'm, I'm a jeweler. So back to your question, because of my name, Cassandra Lauren Gordon, if people didn't meet me face to face, they thought I was white because it sounds like a white name. You know, Cassandra is a Greek name. So people said to me, Cassandra, don't put any black models on your jewelry because people off. Um, don't reference, don't say that you're black. Don't talk about black things. Don't mention anything about race in business meetings or anything like that. People were censoring me or I allowed myself to be censored. I've been after 2020, I was like, F it. I, you know, I do what I want to do. And I know it sounds cliche and I know you're going to be looking at me and roll your eyes, but it's paid off being myself. I feel like I'm on a TED talk. If you just be yourself, everything will be fine. And it literally happened. And I was it like, oh, bro, you know, you don't have to pay, you know, Tony Robbins like 10 million pounds to find this. So um, that's what kind of happened. And, you know, and now I just, I think at a certain age, I'm like, F it, if this is me, you don't like it, that's fine. But I'm going to talk about black stuff because I love my people. And I'm going to do, I'm going to create things and hopefully the tribe or whoever is going to follow me and like what I do. And, it, you know, it's worked out really, really well. It's going to reach the audience and needs to reach. You pointed out something very important um, within that in the beginning of that about just your name. I think that we as human beings in general, like a lot of times, like that's our sense of identity, whether it's your entire name or whether it's your last name. Like that is like your first instance in finding out who your identity is. But you bring it up like your whole name. It's, I have gone through the same thing. Like my, I, for the most part, I style like my name Greg Lacey because it's short, but my entire name was Gregory Bernard Lacey III. And so that does not sound like a typical or stereotypical black name. And so like when I when I fill out job applications, I put in my entire name. When I do my resume, I put my entire name is because I don't want to give anyone the upper hand of like trying to stereotype me just based off of what they're reading before they get to meet me. So I think I, I love examples like that because it's like we get to dictate whatever image you create of us based off of that face-to-face -face interaction because it's like you may have a stereotype or you may have a type of idea of what type of person i am based off of my name or who you think i am and then i've seen it before like i've been in positions where i've seen someone say oh we have a new hire coming let's try to look up their instagram let's try to look up their facebook and because they have a name like people have preconceived notions and so i think that that name was like really that first sense of identity and you speaking about you know been on this journey of self-discovery that is another like journey that i have aligned with another journey i have been down it's something i'm still going down now but that was probably my first instance and in really identifying that was my entire name and using my entire name and knowing when to use it and when not it's not that i'm ashamed of my entire name but using greg lacy opposed to gregory lacy is easier <laughs> i hear you i hear you and thank you for sharing that because Oh, with self groups I've been doing lots of um, an ancestry tests. Um, I've been doing a bit of genealogy, um, working with a genealogist to find people about my background. Um, you know, as I mentioned about my parents are Jamaican, but it's really hard because when they got invited, invited to come to Britain, not, not, not just my parents, but a lot of people in the Caribbean, that's part of the Commonwealth in Britain. So I don't know if you know about Windrush. Have you heard about that? Windrush? No. Okay, cool. So in the 1950s and 60s, so Britain, or people in the Caribbean, especially well, some places like Jamaica, is, is, used to be a British col colony. Mm -hmm. You know, the British Empire, blah, 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 blah. So that's how, you know, through slave trade and blah, blah, blah. That's how via I come to England, right? So in the 60, in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, they went to the Commonwealth, all the places, the ex-colonies, um, or the colonies where Britain used to have and say, come to England after the Second World War, come to Britain and build it up, the motherland. So they invited people like my parents um, and their grandparents to come over to help build up Britain. And that's why I'm here today. I'm very, very cold and not in the sun. 
So <laughs> the reason why I, I say this, sometimes how my grand how my grandparents came over, when pe- it does a lot of displacement. So when my grandparents came over, they left their Jamaican child and then they sent for them and come over. So there's some like my mom and dad, when they were like 11 or whatever, they're like, then they came over to England. And then they're like, oh, I've got new kid. I've got new brothers and sisters. Why, why didn't I, you know, all this type yeah. of stuff. So there's a lot of pain. And when I'm trying to ask my parents, like, mom, dad, who's my grandma? Like, what is my grandma's name? What is this? Because I don't know if it's, it's, it's the same in African-American culture. I don't sometimes don't know what my mom's friends or my aunties and uncles' names, pro- their proper names until their funeral. They don't yeah. say their names. Yeah. I know them from like an alias. And I called them the alias for the life. And I was just like, who's this? Who is? Who is? Who is yes. Bernard? Who's this? I don't know who Bernard is. I don't know who. No one told me his name was there until yeah. he died or the birth. You know what I mean? So getting like certain names and talking to a genealogist and understanding dates of birth and people don't really record stuff is really hard to find who I am. And as I said, you know, Cassandra and Gordon, I would say it's a white name. It's like a, I'm not saying nothing about you, but it's like down the line gordon is a scottish name so mm-hmm. i'm sure there's some scottish slave owner in there so i was yeah. and it's weird it's a weird mentality about name because when i talk to Af- people from africa or people nigerian and Ghanaian, and they're really proud of their names and each then every bit of their names means something and it shows a lineage to where they're from so i feel that as as an afro-caribbean person in britain i've lost that I'm, and I'm paying a lot of money. I'm trying to figure out who I am because if I have kids, I want to pass on something to them because I've been so socialized in England for a place where yeah. they don't even even want me. So imagine I'm take I take their name. I'm fighting racism every day. And you're passing down. And it's a place where they don't really want me, and I don't really I don't really understand my roots. And when I go to Jamaica, they see me as English. So yeah. I feel I'm not even Jamaican. So it's just it's just it's just a weird space to be in um you know and just dealing with that obviously yeah. you know um so yeah and um and sorry just one more thing sorry because names names means a lot so uh, my partner is like Ni- nigerian and, and names mean a lot and he, and he said if you ever get married i i used to be like in the most loving way like white woman feminist i'm like no i'm not gonna change my name i'm not gonna do that i want to keep because i good and it's my name <laughs> spice girls and all that but but when I thought about it, why well, want I keep a slave, a slave, like for my business, I'll keep it because Angela and Gordon, because it's, you know, established. But yeah, why do I want to just, you know, keep this name where it reminds me that I was part of a Scottish slave owner? What do I do? I want my, do I, I want my, because I think sometimes with blackness or black history, they always thought you was a slave, you was a slave. And I was mm-hmm. like, there's more blackness and being a slave that's my long tangent sorry about that you told me about no names. you're very passionate no about you're names. good so, you definitely okay. you definitely sorry pulled out that. some gems out of there so i appreciate it I, 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 like you can go we can go on an hour-long conversation just about the importance of that um just the dynamics that you even just brought up with you and your partner and, and changing the name like we don't most african-americans we date within our within african-americans you know traditional african-american don't have a name that comes from an African country. And so the majority of times, like those names that that are uh, gained through marriage is normally another slave owner's name. But I also deal with that same like same type of internal battle. Like I'm very proud in my last name just because of I bear the same last name as my grandparent, my, my grandmother. I bear the same name as my father and my uncles and my cousins and all that thing. But with that being said, like there's a longer history behind that name that we don't really know of. Um, I as well i've been doing my research just trying to figure out exactly where the name come from and my lineage and things like that but there's also like a long like a a long negative history behind that name and we don't really know about it It was just a name that was given to us and we passed it down the line but i think that goes into um just thinking about just changing narrative uh, of certain things and you can kind of change a narrative with a name but there's still history behind it but i just take pride in it because of the people i share it with but i also in the back of my mind also still have that internal battle like Okay, well, I share it with these people that I know and love, but at the same time, this name comes from a traumatic history, and I also have to recognize that as well. So, I feel like being in that position to where you are contemplating, you know, 
taking on someone else's name and getting rid of a last name that may have been attached to a slave owner. I feel like that is something that not a lot of people, uh, opportunity, a lot of people are afforded. And I feel like it's great in your jewelry. Um, so I know you mentioned in the beginning just about you uh, being an entrepreneur and owning your, your jewelry brand, um, your film. Um, but I also know because I spoke about your podcast, you host a podcast um, amongst many other things. The avenue that you've chose after you had your self-discovery was to amplify the voices of, of Black people, minorities, first-generation creatives. What was that What was that aha moment in that self-discovery journey that realized that these are, I know you spoke about how, you know, you just put your things out there and you feel like you have your tribe that attaches to it, but was there an aha moment that said, okay, this is who I should be tailoring my stuff to. And these are the voices I should be championing. And these are the creators I should be championing. Yeah. It was around like two years ago, summer two years ago. Um, I just had enough. I just had enough. I just, you know what it was? It was the black square, you know, on Instagram when it was like, Oh, on a Tuesday, we should all do a black square. And it was, it was Instagram where I seen all these people was like, Oh, racism is really bad. And I'm like, you have not talked about this. Or when I've seen, <laughs> black fishing black fishing where all these like black that like um, what do you call it um directories come up oh 10 black jewelers you should know or 10 <laughs> black i'm like wait excuse yep. me i was here all the time i was fishing <laughs> before george floyd where have you been I and mean, then it makes yes. it like this kfc bucket kind of list and it kind of like devalues what you do and it's identity politics i know i sound a bit of a hypocrite talk about black 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 but i'm just like so I was just getting annoyed. I was just like, and then, oh, there was this thing where there's this London, there was this, not London, there was this white woman, black fishing on this black UK kind of directory for, for businesses. I can't remember what it was called, but something to make it up, like wow. black UK businesses, right? So she was the hand emoji. She was pretending that she was black, blah, blah, blah. And all that. And I was like, wow, this woman is brave. And she said, oh, I didn't know. I didn't mean any harm. Mm -hmm. And the thing what hurt me the most, it wasn't the, the white women blackfishing. It was because there was black people who were getting, because she, it was, it was growing and people, and it got, it got attraction. The black people on her platform who benefited, who got a bit more followers and liked and shared their products, like their bag or their candle, these black mm -hmm. business owners, they were like, oh, she didn't mean any harm. Don't worry about it. Because they've been doing the right thing. It. And I'm just thinking, what kind of house slave sh stuff yeah. is this? Yeah. Sorry. Um, what kind of house <laughs> slave stuff is stuff? And I just and I just get annoyed. I'm like, I can't, I can't. Like my our ancestors, your ancestors did not put cornrows in their hair to map out you know, to communicate how to, you know, maneuver against the slave masters. Yep. We, I'm not saying that I'm super radical. I'm not saying I'm going to do stuff. But what I'm trying to say is like, I'm sick of this house slave mentality and I'm trying not to do these house slave things where I'm trying to like, oh, because I got one short-term benefit of a few hundred likes from a post on this white woman, black fishing, for short term get I'm gonna sell out. Yeah. So long story short, sorry, I was <laughs> a long story, but long story short, that I was like, you know what? F you, right? I'm not looking for validation from anybody. If people want to rock with me, they rock with me. I do my own thing, I talk about my own stuff. If black people like it, if white people like it, it's all good. This is I want to focus on black people, and I don't want to be beholden to a brand, and I don't want to be holding like Let's just, hmm, Nike, why haven't you said it? Because I think sometimes black people are like, why don't, oh, the politicians should, should have done this for us. The politicians don't care. A lot of these brands don't care. You have to do things by yourself and be an, like, an example. And um, as I said, I was a black jeweler and um, I, I challenged, I just did a lot of um, diversity and inclusion work in the jewelry industry and um, worldwide, especially in the UK. And I just talk, I just did an open, I just, this, this, this is the thing. I can't explain to you, like, I'm so glad you do this podcast because people don't realise how their voice is so powerful. I don't want to become, like, pompous. 
it's like, oh, my voice is the best voice ever. I'm just a normal person with not a huge following and I believe in what I believe, right? And that is so powerful. I didn't realise that until two years ago. I literally just went on Instagram. I had about a thousand followers. I haven't got much followers. And I just <laughs> said on my, on, on my business page, like, this is what I feel in the jewelry industry. This is what she did. And I wrote a letter, an open letter. And that open letter was viral in the jewelry and fashion industry. And so much initiatives has come from it. I raised like 30,000 quat, but nearly $30,000 or pounds or whatever for black jewelers. Did, I did a fund. And we did a survey, we did some social research, we got some funding to do so. There's so much stuff. And this is just me, a random woman with no influence, like, and just chatting about things what she believed in. So imagine I did that in the jury, like, really revolutionized the, revolutionized the jury world for BIPOC, Black and Indigenous and people of colour jewellers. What can I do in my own life and on my pod, on my podcast? Yeah. How can I help? black creatives or brown creatives or just creators in general who navigating through a very tricky space because being creative and making a living creative is not easy like okay people see the Kanye West the billionaires but I don't know you you've watched his thingers in you you watched his um yeah I was gonna uh, reserve some time at the end of the episode oh, so right, we right, right, we'll wait I'll 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 wait for that but it's, it's but it's so important like when we, we get to that, that stage when people don't believe in you mm. yet and you believe in yourself, you know, what steps do you need to do to make sure that you're on the right course? So I'll wait for your questions about the Kanye West yep. documentary. I'm glad you brought up uh, the open letter because I was actually going to ask you about that as well. I read that. I read the article in Forbes where they were uh, talking about that. Um, just uh, you are writing an open letter and detailing your frustration about this, the challenges you face in the industry. Um, and the fact that the fund that you created was able to support uh, 21 plus juniors, uh, not juniors, uh, jewelers. Um, and hoping to create our work with the Black Jewelers Network to build a momentum to further uh, inspire, you know, change and then all while running your ethnical uh, jewelry business. So I feel like that was definitely great. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought as I was reading that. But I think another one of the questions I had was earlier you had brought up, you know, during the self-discovery journey, it was that moment uh, two summers ago with the, the death of George Floyd. How did that, like, did that affect you immediately? Because I know, like, here in the states it wasn't it wasn't like it didn't the the response that we had it wasn't exactly immediately it was like i feel like a lot of times we see these things and and they're shown and we see them on video and it's not really until like there's a huge outrage until everyone responds uh, about it until where we see things like that was the same thing out there how can i explain it so black people i can't speak for every black people but the general we're not surprised we see that we feel it we see it because there's certain things happening in in the uk like mm-hmm. you're more likely to die in police custody if you're black like in the uk people have been gunned down by the police in in the uk it's not at the same scale but it's very commonplace so you know even in like 2016 is it um Philo castro yeah uh castile uh, Philando castile. castile sorry 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 castile i i was crying i was crying i was crying I couldn't do anything for a whole day. I, I don't know the person, but the, the fear, the, the, the emotions, yeah. because we know how it is, even though I live probably 4,000 miles away from you. I yeah. don't know how long, you know, where you are. Where are you again in the UK, Georgia? Uh, LA. LA. So not four, we're, we're 4,000, 5,000 miles away, but I feel it, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I lost it. How do I get on to... You were speaking about uh, Philando Castile and how that affected you. Uh, You don't want to do anything after you uh, saw that. Yeah, it's just just, just trauma. Just every time it's on the news, I don't even watch the news. Every time time something black, black trauma, someone dead, black person dead, or there's a rapper having beef, or there's black girls shaking her bum. I'm not saying you're not allowed to shake your bum, do what you want. (laughs) You know, know, I'm I'm not anti... I'm not like I'm not very I'm not very conservative but I'm just sick of black 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 trauma and I and I'm sick of like sometimes maybe I'm a bit like a Kanye West or a Candace Owens tiny bit tiny bit (laughs) it's like I don't believe in that victimhood I believe like we have a little resources what we have we've got if we're able-bodied you've got hand you've got google you have do something and I was sick of listening to black people like oh we can't do anything black people white man always against us I'm like 
I just set a GoFundMe account. I just wrote a letter. It wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that hard. And I think sometimes, sometimes black people, some, some black people are just waiting for something to do, for people to do things for you. Yeah. And I do believe in self-effic- um, self-efficacy, meaning like the resilience of doing things for yourself, not waiting on people. Mm-hmm. Not waiting for validation from anybody or just try to try to move. You know, I didn't know if I was going to raise that money in like two weeks. I didn't know. I did. I just put, this is my idea. Let, let me try. If I fall on my face, I fall on my face. But let me try. And and I was showing people in the jury industry because sometimes they'd be like, oh, you know, things take time. But I changed the jury industry in less than a month. No, if you want to do it, like when when COVID happened, people were doing things quickly. Everyone was, yes. you know, yeah. world. <laughs> so use that same <laughs> energy and vim when COVID happened. When it comes to black people, and people are like, oh, we need to know more about black stuff. No, you don't. Race, if you if you are a sociologist or, or psychologist or in these social studies, race has been overstudied. I don't want to see no more reports. I don't want to see no more. Oh, we need to learn more. No, go read a book, go on Google and learn or talk to your black friend. I am done. There's not much things you need to know. There's no extra, like you go like Mario level, secret level game to understand how black yeah. people live and how you can stop, stop just stop killing people and stop being racist end of like how i have like how i have to learn how to be in a white world like how i have to be careful when i go into a shop so i don't get accused of stealing yep or i had to learn these things or how yeah I you have to, to tailor your whole life around them i have to tell my whole life when i have to deal sometimes with arguments with white women i have to like hold on I have to think. Yep. <laughs> so you you think, but you never had you never have to do that. You never have to practice. And this is it's just it's just a skill, right? It's a skill. It's not a science. It's just a skill. You practice it until you get it. You might make mistakes. I've made mistakes, and you just practice. So you see how I get very educated because I don't understand all this. Like you need to take training and just don't yeah. be a horrible person. It's simple. <laughs> like we That's do it. it. I don't know how much training you want. <laughs> I don't want, oh, we need cultural competency training and stuff like that. No. When your job, the thing what moves people is reputational risk. And if their job is on the line, if there's no consequences to their reputation or their job, people ain't going to do nothing. Simple. Simple as that. And it, the, the thing with that is like when they bring the compliance to train, it's like, that's not genuine. It's like you're forcing someone to do something that they don't want to do. If they are a decent human being, if they are a real human being and they have sympathy or empathy for a certain group of people, they won't need that training. They just need to realize that everyone is equal, no matter how you feel, no matter how you was brought up, no matter what you were taught. If you think a certain way um, that's ingrained in you and you know that is wrong at a certain point when you continue to act upon that that's just ignorance so like it's no compliance training that can take that away it's like you are who you are and your your job can force you to do one thing but once you finish that training you're back to who you are outside of that training i think in um with me and my journey in this podcast i feel like around that time during just that terrible summer of, of 2020 or spring and summer 2020 with all the deaths that happened I kind of found like I started this podcast really like as a hobby, just me wanting to voice my pain on certain things. And I think around that time where all these deaths were happening, where all these injustices were being broadcasted on the widescreen more than it ever, ever had been before. It's when I really started to get a lot of interaction with this podcast. And originally when I created this podcast, that wasn't a lane that I wanted to go. Like, yeah, I wanted to detail the experience of, of my people, but I also wanted to speak about fun things. Like I, I'm a big sports advocate. So I like to talk about basketball. Uh, did used to watch football, uh, tennis, whatever the case may be. I like to speak about those things as well, but also I'm big into music. So I want to cover the things like pop culture things, things, hot things that were going on. But during that time, it was like the majority of those episodes for like a 15 episode span was specifically tailored towards that. And I realized that, okay, this is my fan. These are, this is my fan base. And these are the people that I had to continue to penetrate. One internal battle I had within that was like, okay, well, now that I found my fan base and I'm speaking about these things that details the experience of black people, I'm only going to be reaching these black people and the people that need to hear these experiences are not going to really be hearing these episodes because they don't care. And so I always have this internal battle about different things I speak about in my podcast because it's like, yes, the people I want to hear 
um, are going to hear about it. But those people know what I'm talking about because they go through those same experiences as well. So with you and you going down that same type of lane, the same type of route with uh, all your different lines of businesses, what internal battles do you face or internal conversations you have when you're creating or you're tailoring towards that type of community? The battles if I have, if I'm being honest with you, if I'm allowed to be authentic, is like, how do I get, get people to connect to what the content and how do I promote it? Um, I, f- I find that I'm thinking, oh, if I use this, if you know, I, I just want to be natural, just like how you do in your, your, your podcast, to be authentic. It's like, I want people, to, I really feel passionate about these subjects and I really want to bring value to people's lives. And, and I'm thinking like, how do I have to change or adapt the content? I don't want it to be clickbaity, but in this world and age to survive, you have to be quite a clickbaity person. So I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be cow. I don't want to be like fresh and fit or something like that. You know, you know, I want it to last and have like, long like longevity and contribute to the culture um and just having faith because I do feel like you know I think I'm in a well, what do YouTube is like small content creators purgatory but eventually it's gonna you know it's gonna blow big yeah so it's just having yeah. that patience and having that patience and consistency that's into oh my god why even why more people people are growing but I want more people to see it I want, I want more <laughs> downloads but it will happen. It will happen. It's just, it just takes time, isn't it? You can't just expect things to be overnight. So definitely. Um, thank you for that. So the last time we talked, I know you wanted to speak about this genius Kanye West documentary. I hadn't had watched yeah. it yet. And then I watched it shortly after that. I spoke about it in detail on my podcast. My emotions and my reaction to that was up and down. Just me being a, a Kanye West fan prior to me not really supporting him. I was a big Kanye West fan. So to see like those first ep- two episodes and see just like the journey that he went down, it felt like it was refreshing. It was for, for one, it was refreshing to see him in that element again, but it was also refreshing to see someone so bold and so confident in what they felt like their life meaning was and, and be so sure about that to do anything to achieve that. So those first two episodes, it, it felt great. It was like, this is what I wanted. Aside from it being Kanye West, like if I would have seen this from anybody else, I would have walked away from this inspired. And then the third episode is when it brings us up to speed with who he currently is and things he currently been doing. And I kind of went into it with a, I kind of went into it, I guess, less emotional than I did the first two episodes because of like coming off the high of, uh, I mean, coming off of just seeing him lose his mom, how that's affected him. I understood that, you know, once they get into this, I'm going to take that into account. But then I just couldn't shake that when I started getting reminded of the reason why I can't support him. So when it goes into the slavery was a choice and goes on to him, all this other type of stuff to where he's pandering oh, towards a certain group of people. Oh, no. I was like, <laughs> I was oh, like, uh, this is why. And I, I watched it all the way through. But it just rekindled all those emotions that I had when I was like, okay, I can't support him anymore. Uh, How did you feel about it? How did you feel about the documentary? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if you're going to talk to me. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so let's go back to what you said about slave. Okay, what did you think of? All right, why don't, why don't, uh, what? Let's, okay. My heart is saying, go back to slavery is a choice. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that was offensive to you or you don't like it? I didn't like it because I felt like that wasn't the only thing he said at that time. He was saying a lot of things at the time, not even just like that statement in general isn't like what really hurt me. It was like he was going to different places saying very disparaging things towards black people for a certain black group of people. He was saying that he said that uh, what what exactly did he say about Harry? He said something about Harry Tubman that I don't remember uh, at the moment. Um, and then after that, the last thing he so the, the slavery was a choice with TMZ. He said the uh, thing about Harriet Tubman, I think it was at TMZ or it could have been somewhere else. And then he went to Howard University and he was also he was reiterating that slavery was a choice, but he was saying it something else more disparaging. I don't remember everything that he was saying during that time, but I remember why he was going through. It was like, OK, I'm just if this is what he's doing, then that's fine. And if you believe that way, everybody has their beliefs, but I'm just not going to support it. The reason why I stepped away from just supporting him is because if you feel that way, you feel that way. But I felt like he was 
sharing these messages to pander towards a certain group of people who don't give a damn about him. If he was authentic and how he felt about that, then that's him. And then I deal with that how I deal with it. But because, and I could be wrong, but because in that moment, he was building up to go support the idiot number 45, who was our president a couple of years ago, because he was uh, tailoring towards that group of people and he was within those groups. And then him aligning with Candace Owens and all this other type of stuff he had going around that time, I felt like oh. he was sharing those messages just to pander towards those people, to appease those people. Oh. And at that okay. point, like we call oh, it in America, we call it shucking and driving. And I felt like he was shucking and driving for people who don't care about him. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Oh gosh, we're going to politics now. Oh God, I feel you're not going to like me now. Oh gosh, okay. Oh, cool. All right, but you did ask me. <laughs> Number one. Yes, I agree to a certain extent to what you're saying. I think Kanye West, and remember, I'm not a King Kardashian lover. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of these, I want to say this. I'm not one of these people who ride hard for, ride hard for celebrities. I'm not that person. Yeah. If there's if there was a line of Beyonce, oh, you know, there's a line of a concert. I'm not waiting in the queue for that long, <laughs> or I'm not waiting in the queue. I'm not doing no campsite. I'm not following people. I'm not that person. However, just want to put that out there. I'm not so obsessed with celebrity culture or treat treat them like an idol or, or a god. But yeah, I feel sometimes with Kanye, he doesn't explain himself well. He's he's misunderstood. He does it. I agree. It Kanye knows how to get clout and he knows how to create oh, yeah. buzz, especially when it leads up to a project or what he's doing. And he'll do it at any means necessary, even at, at, at the expense of throwing black people and black women underneath the bus. Back to slavery is a choice. I see what he was saying, but if he said it in a different way, I got the sentiment. He was just trying to say not to be victimhood to the narrative, like yeah. the white man this and the white man that. That's what I felt what he was trying to say. That's what I felt. So I personally didn't wasn't upset about that per se, but I do agree with the sentiment that he would just throw black women underneath the bus to sell his records or pander or to get deals or whatever and be and be strategic in that. But then I feel that black people don't hold him accountable a month because remember that woman, that singer, um, Crystal, oh God, her name, Chris, Krista, uh, the woman who Chris sang at Michelle. the Walgreens. Yeah, she just sang mm-hmm. a song mm-hmm. for a president. <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if it's democracy and the Americans love democracy and that's the thing what you go wars for, for whatever reason, you, the democracy says you voted for that president and yeah. that was the majority whether so why can't she like for other presidents you sing the song and she can roll and get her check and leave exactly. what's what's wrong but people ruin her career as a black woman for singing a song but yeah. Kodak Black Nick Cannon Steve Harvey the list goes on can Little sit Wayne. have cigars <laughs> with Donald Trump and no one says anything and no one's getting cancelled but when this woman with her profession to sing a song like any other person at any inauguration, you ruin her career. I mean, I think one, we know that America is okay, misogynistic. Can you rest? Let me get back on, get, get on point. Um, I think we know uh, America is misogynistic, which is why I think that that incident happened. Like for me personally, support whoever you want to support. I don't really care too much about the presidents because I feel like they're all liars. I feel like the majority Thank of you. them don't really care about me. And so I don't care about them either. So if, if someone supports a certain president, then then so be it. But if a president is sharing a certain type of uh, views or values and then you're aligning with that, then that's where I cross the line. So I, I definitely think that America does not hold a Kanye West accountable. And I spoke about that as well um, because he was going all out and doing all these things. And then it was like, it got to a point to where he had to step away and he was just absent. Like we didn't hear anything about Kanye West. He wasn't doing anything. He went on that long tangent of all these interviews and saying all these things. And then he went away for a couple of months and then he came back and he was a born again Christian. And then it was like all these black people well, here in America, at least all these black people was like, oh, 
we have Kanye West, the Christian Kanye West. Kanye West is releasing the Christian album, and everyone ran to listen to the album. Everyone was big Kanye West fan again. I was like, wait, did y'all just forget about what he was doing a couple months ago? So they definitely don't hold that man accountable. I think. It's I, like, I think imagine like his the thing. What I got like, and it's you know, I'm not against interracial marriages. I'm not, you know, I'm really not against like everyone should love who they want to love, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you go to the family, you know, it's weird because when people like, look at me, like, his mom's like black, this, black, this, and da, 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 da. And then you go to marry a white woman who's the most anti black family I've ever known. <laughs> so I'm just like, that's on you, bruv. That's on you. Exactly. So anything we say about Kim Kardashian and you, you know, you know how the Kardashians roll before you married them. So you know, don't be, you know, going online and complaining about, you know, you, you don't see your kids and this and, and, and you and you want your daughter to remember blackness. You chose to go out to exactly. go with this white, to go with this family who have notoriously have bullied <laughs> and taken cultures and, you know, taken people's culture and exploit and exploit in black culture. Yes. And then you're worried about your daughter. Living as a, so, that's on you. I have no sympathy for you. Nope. What, like, what did you expect? They have, a, uh, they have a documented sense. history of, of misappropriating our culture. And then so you thought that you were going to be the lucky one to go in there and change the course. I mean, I understand because you've done a lot in your life. You've done a lot in your career, but there's certain things you just can't change. And unfortunately, you found out the hard way that this was one of those things that you can't change. You're a black man. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably a billionaire, <laughs> but you're still a black man, uh, you know. But what I took away from the documentary positive thing is about the hustle, man. The guy, like, Jay-Z is, like, here. Yeah. And Jay-Z's, like, and David Dash is here. Yep. And they're, like, the guy hustled. The guy was singing his heart out in, like, it's going to be great. The guy was hustling, doing the MTV, going in the offices, in MTV when it was shot to make his his movie and um, his through the wire the, he had an accident and it wrapped yes, when it was, was... paint like those types of things <laughs> I admire you know, I'm just like am I am I hustling enough I don't think I'm hustling I can't I yeah. can't complain when where when I saw that when I seen who he was doing I thought nah I had to look at my life choices I was like yeah. Kanye you're you're the don for that and it's inspirational it's mom, very inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> and the belief and that's and you know whether he's right or wrong sometimes you know there's argument you separate the artist and the and the man or the, the pe- humans are so complex isn't it so as yeah. i get older if, if, if you ask me as a 20 year old or 15 year old i'll be like bun kanye can't be bothered with kanye can't no <laughs> bad man but as i get older you know we're mixed with good and bad you know or you know there's not a good or a bad person so complex so i can appreciate his not so great qualities you know as a human being you know sometimes we look at celebrities that should be everything and they're not they're just human beings that have flaws they marry wrong people people have divorces you know um it is it is what it is so i do find it inspirational but such a problematic um individual which just needs his mom basically yeah. but i'm not giving him a pass because a lot of people moms die too um go crazy and like they don't that. do stupid things you know yeah. um but you can see how his mom listen if i had kanye's mom nothing can't stop me seriously because his the biggest woman, fan <laughs> the woman knew his songs. It's not like oh, mm, I know his. She knew word for she yes. was rapping with him. <laughs> I was like <laughs> the best hype man. Like what better hype man can you have other than your mother, the person who brought you into this world, singing your songs with you? It don't get no better than that. And that's in any like any industry, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's teaching, whatever the case it may be. Like to have someone to know your work, something you put your blood, sweat, and tears in, and know that verbatim it's like it's mind-blowing it was mind-blowing to see that and it was good for the documentary people because they didn't know they had like the, i think they yeah. sold that for 30, 30 million yeah. I was like, ah! it goes up in value so that's when you start documenting yes. now because in five years time you know who knows you know yes. inflation especially with inflation it goes up yeah oh my gosh well cassandra 
thank you for being a guest on the Speak My Peace podcast. It's definitely uh, a great continuance of a conversation that we've had. Um, before we get out of here, did I miss anything that you may want to cover or any topics that we didn't touch upon? As is you and I, yes, I have my commercial side, but I do have my community or social engaged practice side. So my exhibition is a public art exhibition in London, um, looking at the relationship between cancer and jewellery. So what we did, um, I collaborated with a leading cancer researcher uh, who looks at cancer cells, looking at cutting edge technology, using stain techniques to stain and the stains and different things. It helps to look at the characteristics of the cells will help to identify what's the best treatment for cancer. We showed people who was affected by cancer go through treatment or indirectly affected by cancer and they designed jewellery. And when they designed their jewellery, um, I made it for them and put them in exhibition. We've got a documentary, we've got photos, we've got the jewellery there, seeing jewellery as public art because sometimes jewellery is a piece of art or a manifestation about of, of emotion and about your personality and it's a great conversation starter yes. and looking at jewelry as a conversation at all and just a pretty thing or a blingy thing so yeah i'm very excited about having a socially engaged fine art practice where engaging the community through the love and through the medium of jewelry so that is me but just connect isn't it connect with yes. me <laughs> yes. on social media I mean, and stuff and mm-hmm uh, you want to give a shout out or you want to give a shout out to your handles or where they can find you at? Sure, being the lovely show notes, but KLG Jewelry. Jewelry is the British spelling. J E W, if I can spell E L L E O I, I think. I say it out yep. loud. Anyway, it's the British spelling <laughs> of jewelry, not the American spelling of jewelry. KLG Jewelry. And um, Black Creative Handbook. That's the podcast. Type it in. You know, Spotify, Apple, Instagram, whatever. My jewelry, my website is www.klgjewelry.com. Um, yeah, that is me. I'm really happy. Thank you for allowing me to talk about Kanye West. I was saving myself <laughs> about Kanye West for ages with you, so I'm so happy. So thank you so much. I really, really no problem. Uh, I usually end these episodes with a what to watch, but uh, we don't have a what to watch this week. We're gonna label this one as a keep an eye out. As uh, Gemstones is going into the Independent Film Festival, uh, please keep an eye out for that and watch it when it becomes available. So our what to watch, but really keep an eye out for is Gemstones. That's the correct title, right? Gemstones? Gemstones. Unconditional lessons in love. So keep an eye out for that. That's the Speak More Peace podcast for this week. I'm out.